Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, before we begin, I just want to say thank you to everyone who supported the book launch for my new book, Shockingly Good Stories, that happened last week. If you missed out, you can still see it. It's on my Instagram page, so you can see it there. But thank you, and thank you to everyone who's bought the book already. I really appreciate it. It's been great that the book has been kicked off to such a great start, so thank you. Now, let's get into it, and I will read you this week's story, which is is Chicken Little Brain as Told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. It was late in the greenhouse. Nanny Piggins, Boris and the children were sitting on the couch, finishing off their fifth helpings of second dessert, and none of them had the energy to do anything else. Not even to get up and switch the TV on, which wouldn't have been hard because the remote control was sitting on the coffee table. They certainly were too sugar-laden to be able to face the walk upstairs to bed just yet. So Derek came up with the brilliant diversionary tactic of asking his nanny to tell them a story. Nanny Piggins didn't want to walk upstairs either, and talking seemed a lot easier than walking, so she agreed. Very well, children. I'm about to tell you a story that will shock you. Not the one about the talking parrot and the Romanian tax inspector, asked Boris. Of course not, said Nanny Piggins. There are children present. Some things are not suitable for youthful ears. Or bears ears, said Boris. I didn't sleep for a week after hearing about it. But I knew the parrot personally, so I knew for a fact she only spoke the truth. I was going to tell the story of Chicken Little, said Nanny Piggins. Is it about a chicken? asked Michael. This may seem a strange question to ask, but Nanny Piggins' stories often involved revelations that it was in fact her fabulously glamorous pig relatives of many years ago who were really the stars of the famous fairy tales or historical events we all know about today. No, it's a story about a chicken who was little, said Nanny Piggins. Although not in physical size, she was a perfectly normal-sized chicken, it was her brain that was little. But people thought it would be rude to call her Chicken Little Brain, which was her full name, so they abbreviated that to Chicken Little. Hang about, said Derek. I've heard the story of Chicken Little. Isn't it about a boy chicken? Nanny Piggins looked at Derek, trying to figure out if he was joking. My dear boy, she said. If the story were about a boy, it would be called Rooster Little. Chickens are all girls. The children thought about this. They realised it was true. But they also reflected that every version of Chicken Little they had ever heard had Chicken Little as a boy. Life could be very confusing. So was this chicken a cousin of yours? asked Samantha. Again, said Nanny Piggins, slowly, because she was beginning to fear for the size of the children's brains, she was a chicken. I am a pig. 
Yes, but Boris is a bear and he is your brother, argued Michael, so it seems possible that you could have a cousin who is a chicken. Fair point, conceded Nanny Piggins, but no, in this case, she was not a relative. At least, not to my knowledge. It is a Germanic folktale, and it's always hard to know about the Bavarian branch of the Piggins family. It's a mystery what they get up to in the Black Forest. Other than eating Black Forest cherry cake, although I'm pretty sure that does take up the majority of their time. Anyway, Chicken Little was walking through the forest looking for something to eat, said Nanny Piggins, probably optimistically hoping to find a nice slice of Black Forest cherry cake, when kapow! She was knocked to the ground by a violent blow. Oh gosh, said Boris, woods are so dangerous. If it isn't the wolves, it's the axe cutters. And once the wolves start carrying axes, we'll all be doomed. Calm yourself, Boris, said Nanny Piggins. It was neither an axe nor a wolf that had struck her. She had been hit on the head by a falling acorn. Just an acorn, asked Derek. Barry Nichols, the school bully where Derek went to school, threw acorns, liquid amber seed pods and even gravel at Derek all the time. And it was unpleasant, but it never knocked him to the ground. Except the one time Barry had found a bunya bunya pine seed pod, which was the size and weight of a watermelon, that had hurt. But fortunately, it had been too heavy for Barry to actually throw, so he'd only hurt himself when he dropped it on his own toe and he collapsed to the ground. You have to remember, said Nanny Piggins, that Chicken Little was a chicken, and like most chickens, her diet was sadly lacking in chocolate. Therefore, she suffered from terrible calcium deficiency, which meant that her skull was tremendously thin and weak. That is why it is essential for me, as a flying pig, to maintain such a high chocolate diet, in case I forget to put on my helmet before being blasted out of a cannon. I can land headfirst onto concrete at 300 kilometres per hour and barely feel it. Chicken Little was not so lucky, however. One acorn gave her a terrible headache and a mild concussion. Although actually, in hindsight, it probably wasn't that mild. It may well have been severe, and it would... It may well have been severe. That would certainly explain the ridiculous conclusion she leapt to. You see, Chicken Little looked up and somehow failed to notice the enormous oak tree towering over her. Instead, she looked through the branches and saw the sky, then leapt to the deluded assumption that a piece of sky must have dropped onto her head. The sky is falling! The sky is falling! she cried, before immediately falling over again because the concussion had compromised her balance. Now, Chicken Little was no rocket scientist, and she knew it, but she did realise that having discovered that a serious meteorological disaster was taking place, she must do something. She must tell the king. So she jumped up and started running towards the royal palace. Along the way, she ran past the sheep. What's wrong? asked the sheep. The sky is falling! The sky is falling! cried Chicken Little. The sheep looked up. The sky was a beautiful blue with a few clouds moving slowly across it in the wind. There were no signs any part of it was dropping anywhere. Really? asked the sheep. Oh, yes, cried Chicken Little. The sky is falling. I must rush and tell the king. The sheep thought to herself, I've got to see this. So she trotted along behind Chicken Little so she could see it all play out. 
Along the way, Chicken Little continued to cry out, The sky is falling! As she passed a cow, a turkey, a saltwater crocodile. A saltwater crocodile? asked Michael. Yes, it was a very ethnically diverse rural community, said Nanny Piggins. They also passed a giraffe, a mountain lion and a quokka. And like the sheep, they all followed along to see Chicken Little make a total ninny hammer of herself in front of the king. When Chicken Little arrived at the palace and urgently told the guards that the sky is falling, the other animals had expected the guards to shoo her off. But they didn't. They immediately let her in and took her straight to the throne room because the guards knew that the monarch had been a bit depressed lately about the poor raspberry crops and could do with a good laugh. Before she knew it, Chicken Little, followed by all the other animals, was walking into the throne room. And when she saw the king... She was a little taken aback, because the king was in fact a queen. Where's the king? asked Chicken Little. There isn't a king, said the queen. There's just me, the queen. I've been the monarch here for 62 years. Don't you ever read the newspapers? I can't read, confessed Chicken Little. Well, you should learn, said the queen. Apart from many educational benefits of literacy, there are lots of excellent storybooks to enjoy that may take your mind off pestering me with your problems. But that's just it, said Chicken Little. I have a terrible problem. The sky is falling. What, said the Queen. The sky is falling, said Chicken Little. Yes, I thought that's what you said, said the Queen. But it's so ridiculous that I wasn't sure if I misheard. But it's true, said Chicken Little. Prime Minister, said the Queen, summoning an important looking courtier who stood nearby. Make a note. I want you to immediately set up free universal education for all. It's one thing to not know how to read, but to not realise that the sky is simply sunlight passing through a combination of gases held close to the surface of the earth by the force of universal gravitation, that's just an unacceptable level of ignorance we must rectify immediately. Yes, Your Majesty, said the Prime Minister with a bow. Now, said the Queen, turning back to Chicken Little, this is precisely why you need to learn to read. Then read lots of books. If you had read these fabulous stories about Sherlock Holmes, then you would be familiar with the notion of deductive reasoning. Huh? said Chicken Little. It means using common sense to figure something out, explained the Queen, without allowing emotional hysteria to cloud your judgment. But I know it's true, because when it fell, it hurt, said Chicken Little. Yes, that's the bit that made you emotional and clouded your judgment, said the Queen. Now tell me, where were you standing when you suffered this blow to the head? In the forest, said Chicken Little. Yes, we know that, said the Queen. But where in the forest? Under an oak tree, said Chicken Little. Aha, said the Queen. Did it not occur to you that instead of a piece of sky falling, that instead you were more likely to have been hit on the head by a falling acorn? Or a lump of squirrel poo, suggested the cow. Yes, another far more likely possibility, agreed the Queen. Or a rat who'd lost his footing and fell out of a tree, suggested the sheep. Also a possibility, agreed the Queen. Or a rock dropped by another chicken that didn't like you, said the giraffe. Another idea, good lateral thinking, highly possible. I've only met you and I'd consider climbing a tree to drop a rock on you, said the Queen. But it felt like the sky, said Chicken Little. Now, it just so happened that in the throne room was a flower arrangement, and in that flower arrangement was a bough from an oak tree, and that bough had several acorns attached to it. The Queen grabbed a handful of these acorns and threw one at Chicken Little's head. Kapow!
Ow! She went down like a sack of potatoes. Ow! said Chicken Little. That's very mean, said Boris. You have to be firm when you're a monarch, said Nanny Piggins. Just ask Henry VIII. He had two of his wives beheaded, so imagine what he would have done to Chicken Little. She was lucky to just be sconed on the noggin with an acorn. Did it feel like that? asked the Queen. I'm not sure, said Chicken Little, rubbing her head. The Queen threw another acorn. Ow! cried Chicken Little. Does that jog your memory? asked the Queen. It does feel familiar, conceded Chicken Little. Now what have we learned here today? asked the Queen. Chicken Little thought about everything the wise Queen had said and reflected on her own behaviour. I have learned to apply the scientific principle of reasoning and logic to problem solving and not to leap to improbable conclusions then spread fear among my peers. Well, that's good, said the Queen, but not what I was getting at. No, the lesson is simple. You need to eat more chocolate. Chocolate is full of calcium, which is essential for healthy bones. A high chocolate diet will ensure a thick skull that acorns bounce off so you barely even notice them. So, to emphasise her point, the Queen treated everyone to giant royal-sized blocks of chocolates. They had a tremendous chocolate party and everyone's skulls were much thicker from that day forth and they all lived happily ever after. The end. Time for bed. And that's it. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from, from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. And now there's my new book, Shockingly Good Stories. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time. Goodbye.